Hi, and welcome to the Unique Perspective Show, broadcast live on Hakol Radio, powered by the Montanivasar. Every person, and in particular, every Jew, is special and unique in his or her own way, contributing to society with their very own flavor. My name is Yehuda Blonder, your show host, and I was born with a rare medical condition called familial dysautonomia, also known as FD. Growing up and overcoming multitudes of medical challenges shaped the person I am today, as well as gave me a rather unique perspective on life. On this show, we will be sitting down with amazing people with unique perspectives in life who will give us a glimpse into their lives and what makes them who they are. Come along with me for the ride on the Unique Perspective Show on Hako Radio. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Unique Perspective Show. On today's show, I am thrilled and honored to announce that we have Yossi Rotberg on the show. Yossi grew up in Lakewood, New Jersey, went to the Lakewood Cheder, and also went to Newman's Yeshiva. But Yossi is well known for overcoming challenges in his daily life and biking for Bike for Chai. Please help me in welcoming Yossi Rotberg to the show. Welcome, Yossi, and how are you? Hashem, how are you, Yuda? I'm good. Wonderful. Okay, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Lakewood, New Jersey. Um, still live there. I live in a development called Cedarwood Hills. It's on the edge of Lakewood and Tom's River. Okay. Um, if you asked me this 20 years ago that I'd be living out here, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> I live across the street from the Blue Claw Stadium. Um and, you know, the quick check next to all the wedding calls. But it's a nice Kahala here, and I'm here seven years now. Wow. Okay, so go- going back to your childhood. Um, so what was your childhood like? And did, did you always know that you um, had CP? Or, or growing up, you didn't know what you were going through? So... Let's go back a little bit. Um, so right now, I'm almost 35 years old. Wow. Hashem. Twin um, to, a, to a sister. Okay. Um, we were born early. We were born premature. And uh, I guess I took the hit for the, you know, for the crew. Okay. And your sister's perfectly healthy? Um, physically, mentally, they like to think so. But yes, Baruch Hashem, no, she's... She's a healthy mother. She's a hell. She's married. She has you know twins her of her own. Wow. Yes. So my sister was always you know Baruch Hashem a regular, typical girl. But uh, again, right. you know I took the hit, and um, so yes, you asked me if I ever if I knew my whole life that I was you know faced with this challenge. So yes, my parents, my father. This is a whole nother interview in itself. My father is okay. a. He's finishing 36 years of teaching in Lakewood, and he was a big believer of tough love, and I credit my success to him. Um, My entire life, I knew 
that yes, I was physically challenged and I was delayed in many ways. Um, but I, we knew, my parents knew, I believe, from like the early age, let's say nine, nine months, 10 months, when my sister, my twin was progressing and I wasn't. That was like the first red flag. Um, right. You know, they, they knew they went to the pediatrician and, and then, you know, they go to the neurologist. I don't know the whole. Right. But again, they knew that, yes, um, I do have a mild, like they call, they call it a mild case of cerebral palsy. Okay. Never referred to it between us, between my family, between my friends. Most of my family members, probably my extended, like my cousins, my uncle, right. they never, they still probably don't know what my condition is. Um, right. Refer to it because CP is a very, very large umbrella. Right. You could have children like myself who got lucky. And then you could have kids who can't speak, who can't walk, who can't do anything, let alone live a normal life. So right. to answer your question, yes, we knew almost from day one that we'll be faced with this. Was it, was it hard growing up with having a challenge and going to yeshiva also? Was it hard like that? So it's a very you know tough question to answer in a 45-minute schmooze. Um, <laughs> So it definitely helped having, you know, my father in the school that I was going to. The Cheder right. was a top school. And um, the fact that my father was a Rebbe there, or is a Rebbe there, you know, and I was the first physically challenged child to actually go through the Chinuch system there. So right. I was known as Rabbi Rappert's son. And every okay. staff knew who I was. And they were very, the staff themselves, I forever remember, from, from the janitor to the building manager to the secretaries to each rabbi, they all knew who I was. And that definitely, you know, stood right. in my, in making it easier. And most kids were accepting and friendly. But yes, there were, um, if you want to use the word, situations of bullying, of being right. of teased. Yeah, it wasn't so easy always growing up. But um. Overall, I credit my success to my parents, to my family, and to right. my friends. So it wasn't always easy, and I don't think uh, to go into detail will help, but um, it was challenging. Wow. And then, you know, once I finished eighth grade, I remember asking my father if I can go to a smaller high school. Right. The was a very large building. I went on, you know, the Cheder today is in a big campus on Vassar Avenue. Um, right. You know, good old Lakewood on 9th and Madison. And there were a lot of steps. It was an old building. It was a, again, but my father didn't like to, you know, make me different. And I remember, you know, you're throwing a lot at me. We didn't really prep for this. But right. I remember I used to hold the railing like this and do, you know, walk down one step at a time. And my father would walk past me in the hallway and he would give me the military steer you know, and yeah. walking with the principal and, and my father would just stare at me and he could still do it to today. And I knew, I know exactly what he wanted. And I just shifted and I started walking slowly down the steps like a mensch. Right. School says to my father, Rabbi Rupert, aren't you being too tough on your son, Yassi? He says, I'm being tough on him, but if I ever, you know, thank me for, for being stark with him. And, and yeah, because he was understood my limitations, he understood mm -hmm. my challenges, but, um, he was very, very push. He was very 
a loving, pushing father at the same time. Wow. So wow. it is a loving, pushing father, you know, up until 120. But um, mm-hmm. once I went to high school, I went to a smaller high school. Right. I opened class of the yeshiva. It was just started off with 15, 16 boys, uh, one floor, you know, building. So, yeah, high school was definitely a smaller place, but I was definitely faced with other challenges because my father wasn't there. And right. my other friends weren't there. Um, so ninth grade was, you know, I mean, you're going very fast. When I was in elementary school, I had surgery in, in primary. Right. I didn't walk till I'm I, sure you had. I'm sure you had many surgeries. I walked till I was about five, six years old. Right. I learned how to ride a bike until I was almost bar mitzvah. Wow. Um, that's a separate conversation, but yeah. Well, that's not. I don't want. To, I don't want that to be a, a highlight. So. Why not? It's amazing that. That you're able to bike. We could schmooze about that, but we'll do that soon. But yeah. um, so I had a, pr- a surgery in primary and then in okay. sixth grade and then in seventh grade. So wow. since then I've been um, surgery free. Um, so thank you, Hashem. Yes, thank you. And Baruch Hashem. Um, but nowadays, Baruch Hashem, I have other sources of physical therapy, let right. alone I am a husband now and father of four children, and we just had our 12th anniversary. So, wow. Thank you, Shem. So, yes, yeah, so, you know, elementary, so young, my childhood was not the typical, and um, right. coming to high school was hard because I, had to, I was the new guy on the block all of a sudden. And, right. And, yeah, I don't want to go back to school. I'm <laughs> happy to be out of yeshiva for one reason, because now I have my own place. and Right. If if this if one person hears this you know conversation and realizes that being a bully or teasing someone for being different than you or not what you expected of somebody, right? It's really it's evil. It is. It's definitely. I I could tell you I could tell you Yassi that and and friend to friend, I was bullied in high school. I'm sure. And And I hated high school. I left high school early because I was bullied. I. I didn't like it, and I'm sure you were the same thing to a certain degree. Yeah, I don't want to be the Nebuch case. I don't want to, ever, right. you know, feel bad for me, but just because I, I tell my son all the time, just because someone's not as good at sports as you are, he's very energetic, and he makes right. what I couldn't do. Just because someone's not as good as at football or baseball doesn't mean you can make a nasty comment. So, right. Um, or, you know, we're going off track here, but I went to um, high school and then um, just to say, you know, each child and, and, you know, I don't know what your, what your message, what you want me to, I mean, right. why I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be on your, on your podcast, but um, you, you're a very, very, um, yes, you're very, very unique. You, you have something called, I don't know. I'm saying, I don't know most people that have CP that are able to, First of all, have kid meaning have a Baruch Hashem, think Hashem, have a family and have kids, a wife, family, kids, and also do major bike rides and and go on bike for Chai for for I don't know close to ten years already. And wow! So, but to, to tell you why I I because 
everybody is faced with, you know, their own challenges. And when, right. when people say, oh, you're so inspirational and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear that because everybody's right. person in their own way, you know, just because my challenge is more visible than somebody else's, it doesn't, I don't want it to take away and I don't want it to make less of somebody else's. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, going through school, I went through again. So let's, let's build up. Right. I went to base um, high school and then I went to base medrash. Um, and I went to also Robin Newman's issue was a very caring and very accepting environment, you know, right. at, in my days, 15 years ago, when I went to Robin Newman's yeshiva, it was a joke in yeshiva, like, oh, so your father died. Aha, uh-huh, so you got right. so you're handicapped, so you got accepted. So your parents are not together anymore, so you got accepted. Oh, you don't, you don't know how to read, so you got accepted. Robin Newman taught us how to, you know, take our strengths and. Right. Wow. So. So, and then once I went, you know, I, I, I stayed by Robin Newman for many years and then I ended up getting married while I was there. Wow. I worked part-time and then, and then here I am. Wow. So, so um, how did, how did, how did you, um, where's your wife from? So my wife is from Lakewood. Um, not originally, she's from Yardley, Pennsylvania. Okay. So, um. And then they, uh, my mother-in-law became from, with a lo- almost as a single mother with three children, wow. and one of them being my wife. Right. And then my mother-in-law remarried, and my father-in-law, Oliver Shalom, raised my wife and two other children, and they had one son together. Wow. Um, so my wife is from, you know, out of town, but they moved to Lakewood, and... Okay. And she went to Beisako, regular run-of-the-mill yeshiva. Wow. Right. More accepting from who I am because of her, right. her interesting and not typical background. Um, my mother-in-law is a very loving lady. I get right. it. It's just, you know, my dating was a little different. And I want to get into that. How did you meet your wife? And, and how, was it, how was the dating life when, when you were dating? So I'll tell you, you know, let's go back to when yeah. I was 20, 21. Right. Most of the year, I never, you know, everyone says, you know, they see me, we mentioned Bike for Chai, but they see me right. in days of Bike for Chai. Oh, you're such an inspiration. Now you don't stop pushing and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say this out loud and I'll say this for you too. Okay. They see us, the other 362 days of the year. Right. They don't see that every single day is a challenge to get out of bed and face and, and put and put up a good fight for every single right. day. The summers, um, let's say, um, Purim was challenging when all the yeshiva guys, all my friends would go collecting and then we would run around. I didn't like that. I went because I felt like I had to, but I right. was, I like the Purim song on the Purim Suda because I, I'm musical. As you see, you have my keyboard in the background. Yeah. Um, I went for keyboard lessons for physical therapy. My parents were right. You know, they wanted me to get movement in my fingers. And then because of that, I developed uh, music and I sing. So I enjoy, you know, the, the perm suit that you're sitting in one right. place, sitting around and bringing. It was nice. But the running around part, I, I didn't enjoy so much. So okay. it was challenging. Um, so, you know, these like uh, different and then getting to the summer. The summer, all my friends would go on road trips and run around and go to camp. I went to camp once in ninth grade wow that's how um not forced but he 
he decided that the first summer, the first month, first month of the summer, we'd be going to Kantar's Chesed. Okay. I did not want to go. And um, I remember a day before camp started, Rabbi Rochal came to my house and spoke to me and said, well, try, you know, so I'm, I was more of a homesick kind of boy and I'm still, right. still that type. I don't miss my mother and my pa- my father. I right. miss the comforts of home because of the physical challenges, going to camp, being everything spread out and the showers are still from 1800 and, and you're sleeping four guys in a room. I'm one of four children. I'm used to having my own room. I'm not used to having to wait on line for a shower. I just, right. didn't, I, I wasn't into all this stuff and I'm not, a, I don't play sports. So like, what am I supposed to do all day? Right. So, Sick. I just push it, missed my comfort zone. So Robert Rocho coached me and said, come, let's go. We'll try. Okay. So saying this because I think, you know, I get, he didn't prep me on what we're going to schmooze about. Right. This thoughts coming to my mind. And the first few nights were, were disaster. Um, Tars Chesed was a camp from Rukhaim Epstein's hotel. Right. Shivas that came, they were all the Aleph students, all with the good Yeshiva Bakram. And my class were more of a Chevrolet, and you know, we were like the buns of Lakewood, you know. Like the, <laughs> I remember Galapal and Rebbechaim Epstein and Mir and all the you know top of the line yeshivas, and we went, and I I didn't I didn't enjoy it, so I just made a bit a little trouble, you know. Maybe I'll get sent home. Right. Um. um after a couple days, I said this. I remember calling my parents on a payphone. Who remembers payphones? I remember payphones. I remember payphones. I remember yeah. calling my parents and saying, my father promised me he'd come pick me up. And my father, again, never lies to me. And, and I remember Shabbos was very nice because right. Rabbi came and there was a tish. And we sang again because I mentioned I enjoy singing. And I right. do bringing with friends. I'm very social. I, I don't mind schmoozing with people. And Shabbos was nice. But once Matzah Shabbos came, I wanted to go home again. <laughs> short story short long story short my father came to pick me up he drove the three hours to pick me up and i remember then this this is worth it the night before my 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 father came to pick me up my rashiva rabbi rochal sat me outside and i still remember exactly where we were this old-fashioned soda machine and like the humming of like a dim light in a campground and right. rashiva tells me yassi are you gonna go home feeling like a failure like you messed up. I said a little bit, maybe I was wishing that I could do it, but I guess I'm not ready for the challenge. He says, you're going to go home a champion because you didn't want to, you didn't want to come to camp. I was, I was 14 at the time. You didn't want to come to camp and you came for a week and he gave me a kiss on the forehead and he said, enjoy the rest of your summer. Robert Mm -hmm. Snifter, when I was 17 years old, he had an aneurysm and um, he was gone, but he was a very, you know, there's so much I could talk about because I grew up in the old time Lakewood. Right. I grew up down in BMG, the Yashan, the main building. And I grew up in a Lakewood where I said hello to my neighbors. Right. You know, and it was just, you know, where my parents lived was a small community. It was this the end of Lakewood. So my Rebbe Rabbi Rothschild taught me how to be a yid. Like he was very into Musser and he was very into like, what's your purpose on this world? And I don't know if you could see it, but there's a picture of him in the background somewhere on this Ramshrag. Right. My- taught me how to learn so you know so i went home and i remember always repeating what rabbi rothschild said you know just because you have a challenge in life and you failed once and say let's say a person has a hard time with us with any any taiva or any hardship just because you fail once you know there's a famous joke you fall a famous song you fall down you get back up right 
if someone falls, it's not a matter of how many times you fall. It's a matter of how, how many times you get up. So right. let's fast forward back to the summers. I was talking about the summer. Yeah. The summers are hard. When I was 20 years old, I went to New Hampshire with okay. my, my uncle's family. My parents went to Artisoral and me and my younger brother went to New Hampshire with my uncle. And okay. this really, we used to go every, every summer when I was, right. my parents would go to Artisoral and my older brother was married. My sister was married and it was just me and my brother. We would go to my uncle with my uncle, you know, to New Hampshire. And every summer there's Mount Washington. You know, you see these cars, this car come Mount Washington. And the joke is don't buy that car because the brakes are shot. Right. You know, and every summer, the highlight of the summer on the, of the trip was that my uncle, Uncle Edel, and all the boys and the, you know, the older girls would climb Mount Washington. Okay. I physically couldn't do it. So I would go spend a day in a children's amusement park with my younger okay. Got a little, I don't want to use the word, but depressed. <laughs> I was not happy sitting around and clutching around, knowing that my my nine year old brother, when I was, it's, well, no, let's say I was nineteen, so I don't know, twelve, eleven, right. hiking Mount Washington, and then and I'm sitting and clutching around. So again, so even though everybody says to me and you and people who are physical challenges or mental right. challenges that you're such an inspiration, there's hardships that we don't talk about. A hundred percent. And I don't want to focus on that because right. it's not the point of our life. But right. anyway, so 1819, I go, we go to, to New Hampshire and everyone does the bike from, you know, the, the climb in Washington. When I was 20 years old, I remember we go to that summer and I said, I'm going to climb at Washington. Okay. Never told you this, Yehuda. No, you and never. I, and I go over to my uncle and my uncle, this is a whole conversation. A person can only succeed with, you know, you could have... So I'm not, I'm not a Rebbe, I'm not a Rashi, right. I'm a person who was working on himself. A person could only succeed based on the people that he has around his club. Like my nickname is Yoro, the Yoro Club, right? Right. So just the, the people you surround yourself with. I don't want to know if they're going to get upset. Tully Weiss, Yossi Axarod, Nassano Gold, Mushi Gershbaum, Bechol B'nai Akihilo. The whole Hevra, JJ's Hevra. The reason why we're successful is because we, we, we surround ourselves with such positive energy. Exactly. 100%. So my uncle, my, he, he, is, he is somebody that I owe so much to because he learns. He's a Rebbe in Yeshiva in Lakewood. He finishes mm -hmm. almost every single year. He, wow. He, 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 he says, Mishnayas um, Valpat. We're driving. Wow to New Hampshire, he, um, he's mumbling to himself, I'm like, what are you saying, Malquito? And he's saying, Tehillim Balpet. How many people do you know who say Tehillim Balpet? But then, he was the one who taught me how to play pool. He was the one who, who has a sick fadeaway shot on basketball. And then he right. was leading a whole trip climbing Mount Washington. So he was like, wow. is the perfect balance. You know, before right. I had a rove, he was the person that I, that, you know, whenever I had a question on Yiddishkeit or, or Ashkafa, I always went to my uncle. So the night before the trip, when I was 20 years old, I went over to my uncle and said, Uncle Edel, do you, do you mind if I ask you an honest question? And, and please give me a yes or no. Do okay. you think I'm capable of climbing Mount Washington? So he says to me, Yossi, if you, if you want to do it, I'll slow down and do it with you. Wow. So I spoke to my cousin then, one of my cousins. I'm not going to mention his name. I don't know if he's going to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, I, said, I said, you know, I'm not, I didn't say the last name, so I said, Sweet. Can you do me a favor? Can we climb Mount Washington? 
And he says, yep. And my younger brother, Shlomi, he says, don't do it. It's dangerous. Tati's going to get upset at you. Even if he's in Eretz Yisrael, he's not going to be happy. I said, shh, don't tell Tati. <laughs> I remember I was with my cousins. We, we got up. I went. My cousin and I, we, he literally stood in front of me, and I held his waist, and we climbed. Most people did four hours, and for me, it took seven hours. Wow. My uncle coming down higher, you know, at once, you know, it got in the clouds. My uncle came down an hour, and then he walked up the rest you know, with us. The reason why wow. I'm telling this story is because in the I made with Nehra, I'd say. Wow. There's a will, there's a way, it's a real thing. And that 100%. summer day changed my outlook in my entire life. Everybody has a Matt Washington in their life. Right. The choice to say, oh, I'll sit in the kids' amusement park on a bench and take it easy, or I'll face the challenge, find my support group, find my chavra, and do it. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Will I do it again? Will I climb Mount Washington again? Probably not. Because, right. right? But, um, but it, was, it was a life-changing moment from a, from a silly mountain. I realized wow. so much more, a person has so much more kayak in him than he really thinks he does. And mind you, I climbed in, in black pants and a white shirt because right. know, it was just, that's what we did. We're yeshiva light. That's what we do. There was no, right. and I remember seven hours, every couple I saw coming down the mountain how much longer? Another hour. You have an hour. I'm like, yeah, sure. Keep on going. And I remember I climbed Mount Washington and I cried. I think it's still today. I think I'm crazy for crying, for climbing over a silly mountain, but it was a life-changing moment. Wow. Wow. That is unbelievable. But but you got the will then, and now you're doing, I don't know, how many miles a day you're doing. You're doing crazy mile bike rides. You're You're... You're out of this world. I, 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 that, it's just unbelievable. We will be right back after words from our sponsor. Do you like schnitzel? Maybe the house needs some repairs. Or perhaps you want to build a new house. Call Schnitzel Builders today and speak to Avi Hirsch. Kitchens, bathrooms, additions, and interior renovations as well as custom new homes and full custom renovations. The Schnitzel Builders team also works extensively in the roofing and siding field as well. We started back in 2017 doing renovations in Passaic, New Jersey, and we have grown into a flourishing construction company with multiple in-house crews building bathrooms, attics, and decks, as well as our general contracting services working closely with plumbers, electricians, and HVAC companies, all of whom are licensed and insured. We service the North Jersey area, including Passaic, Teaneck, Bergenfield, Fairlawn, and even as far as Newark and Linden. Avi Hirsch and Schnitzel Builders can easily be reached by phone at 929-777-0372 or send an email to schnitzelbuilders at gmail.com. And we are back on the Unique Perspective show. How was the dating life? So... It's something that I'm very, very grateful and okay. because I, I, you know, you, I wish maybe the, the fact that I share this with you, it should be a skill that we should all find our bashards. Um, mm. So I was 22 years old. Okay, so you know what? Um, I remember, I'll tell you this. The first girl I was ever read to, um, yes, so Yassi does walk different. I don't even know. 
I'm extremely capable. I drive a car. I got my license at 17. Wow. Um, so I'm in IT. I'm in IT now for 11 years. I have a degree in computers. Um, and my Rebbe was a, the small yeshiva that I left, Rabbi Newman, for a little bit. Right. He was a, he comes to me. I have a shirt to you. I'm like, Rebbe, right. Rebbe what's, let's call a spade a spade. What's wrong with the girl? I'm only 21. <laughs> He's right. like, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Okay. I'm not saying the MS. Come on. What's what's up? Right. And tells me tells me the issue. I don't want to call out because I don't if anyone listens, they may know right. I don't want to call out. And he says, I'm like, Rebbe, it's not a gay, I'm not interested. So he says, Lo, let's go ask your father. Your father's a mechanic, maybe he'll, he'll talk you into it. I'm like, Rebbe, why are you thinking about me? You have other buffroom that are older than me. No, nope. right. he comes to my father's house. He walks and knocks on the door, coming to my father's house. And my father says, I'm sorry, it's not Nagaya. Right? You, you, you knew who the girl was? No, she was not okay. around here. She wasn't local. And, and I asked, and basically the condition that she had, yeah. she was deaf. Okay? okay. Now there's two, we all know there's two reasons why a person could be genetic, um, deaf, either genetics, right. meningitis, or uh, some other condition that happened in childhood that caused her to lose her hearing. Fine. So right. if it's not genetic, then I'm willing to listen and we'll, then we'll possibly meet. But if right. it's genetic at 21 years old, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. So I asked him, I'm like, Rebbe, tell me, is it a genetic deafness or is it not? And he wouldn't right. answer. So right. I got a little skeptical about it. So my father says, it's not a Shiloh. And, right. and the Rebbe says, this is also a good point to bring out. The Rebbe said, um, you're going to Rukhain, we're going to Herzl the next week. So my father, he says, you're close with Rukhain Panevsky. So can you go ask Rukhain, what, what does he feel about the Shirok? Right. Line that, that will stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Only bother Rukhain Panevsky with Shilas. I don't have a Shiloh. It's not Negea. Wow. So he said, I'm not even bothering the God of Dar because it's not Negea. I don't have a Shiloh. If you have a right. Shiloh. Do, should I do this? Should I do that? You ask a Rav, you ask a Das Tara, then they'll tell you what to do. When you know Shiloh, then you then there's no Shiloh. So right. we nixed we nixed that one. So Baruch Hashem, fast forward a year and a half. Um, most of my friends, Rabbi Newman was a, is a big believer of getting the boys married off young. Okay. Remember some of my friends saying, "Oh yeah, we'll be there for you." You know, when the shidduch life gets difficult and right. Of, you know, watching my friends getting married young, 2021. 20, and I always used to daven and say, when is going to be my turn? And it's interesting, but I was read to 26 girls. Wow. What's the gematria 26? Okay. What is it? Hashem? Okay. okay. Right. Well, wow. It's 26. 25 of the girls either had physical or mental issues, which weren't for me. Right. Sayonara has a family story background. Okay. So new, new, but physically and mentally, Baruch Hashem, I got very, very lucky. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, Baruch Hashem, I, I went on regular dates. How did we meet? That's another. It's, you know, so I was learning in uh, Rabbi Newman's yeshiva, and my yeah. Rabbi Sarl Jacobowitz, one of the Shalom Eshivs in yeshiva, calls my father and tells me, you know, wait, so hold on. So, at a point, yeah. I should have life. 
I remember telling my parents, Pa, please don't tell me when a resume comes in. Mommy, please don't tell me. Just tell me if I have a date. Right. Okay. This one, what's wrong with me? It got a little depressing and I got a little down and I was ready to plan a trip, you know, for the summer. I was going to hoping to go on a piece of Crohn's trip, you know, to somewhere in Europe, run away and go on a trip for two weeks. But then Baruch Hashem, my summer turned out to be my, the wedding, my wedding. So wow. I remember my Rebbe, my parents called me up and tell them, tell them, you know, my parents sat me down and said, Jesse, you're going out on a date on Wednesday. This was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Who's the date? Um, my wife, you know, Cleman, mm-hmm. Cleman for Lakewood. I'm like, okay, what's, you know, what's wrong with her? Right. My father says nothing. I'm like, what are you crazy? Like, what? <laughs> so I said, okay, who read the shidduch? So he said, my rabbi, Rabbi Sarol Jacobowitz and Rabbi Newman Yeshiva, my wife um, used to babysit by him and he knew her from the block. You know, he was her neighbor and I learned in Yeshiva. So my rabbi put us two together and said, you know, Nick, try it. Go meet. And this was on a Sunday, my parents told me, and I started bugging out. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I finally have a date. I didn't know what to do with myself. And my twin sister, her husband, I'm very close to. Okay. Call him up and I say, Nasi, I'm going out on Wednesday. It's Sunday. Why are we waiting so long? I'm like, He's like oh, because that's what Tati said. I remember my brother-in-law calling me, calling me up an hour later. You're going out on Tuesday. I'm like, <laughs> what? He's like, I spoke to Tati. Why wait? You know, like the kid's nervous. Like I'm going out. Right. I never never did anything so what did i do i i'm a very you know it people are very we have to have like a plan of what we're going to do how we're going to fix it right so for the physically challenged people you know dating like a mensch was also more difficult i'm not the chasidish background i'm not doing sit sit-ins and i don't want right. to deprive myself of going out and meeting someone like a mensch so and I also was very nervous about going dating because I'm from Lakewood. I'm going to meet someone from Brooklyn and I'm going to have to drive to, Man- to Brooklyn. And even that is hard. And then I'm going to have to drive to Manhattan. And I couldn't do all this. Hashem sent me someone from Lakewood. Right. So I remember I went, this was on a Sunday. The show was read. So Monday I went to, a, I Googled it and I found some local small hotel. I drove there by myself the day before the date. And I remember okay you know, checking it to make sure it's a little, you know, it's appropriate. And I told the bartender, I'm coming tomorrow with, here's 20 bucks. And when I want to you to drink, bring the drinks to the table, because, you know, when I'm walking, it's going to be a little <laughs> awkward. Can you please bring the drinks to the table? And then mm-hmm. what happened? I went out on my first date on a Tuesday and um, fast forward three weeks. Um, I was engaged. I didn't, oh, gosh. I didn't date like the typical, I didn't go to Manhattan. I didn't do any rah-rah dates. I went local. I did things my way. I did things not my way. I don't want to things that worked for me. Right. Um, went to a local park. We sat there like an old Bubby and Zadie and just schmoozed. And I remember when we were going to, when I was going to propose, I was going to propose in one place and it got dark or when I, no, I went, I went to propose at a local park and the whole Lakewood was there. So I said, <laughs> So we went to another park and then Shkia, you know, sunset came. So they threw us out. So I went back to the first park and it was dark already. I ended up proposing in my car, sitting in my car. <laughs> oh, fancy gazebos. No, will you marry me sign? Just, you know, plain and simple. Wow. Who, who just takes some, yeah. Sam sent the perfect shit up. Someone who doesn't need the fanfare, doesn't right. need the outside and um, 
No, I, I, I know your wife from the couple times I see her on Bike for Chai. She doesn't, she hates the fanfare that, that she gets because of all, because of who Yossi is, because of who you are. She, you get all the fanfare. She hates it. So to, to, to give her credit, that's exactly what I need, you know, because my life is that, you know, yes, we are physically challenged and yes, we do have a different life. But I always said, you know, once a local newspaper interviewed me and wrote a whole article, um, I always say JJ, our friend, is not... JJ Isaac. Right. He's not an amputee. He's not an amputee. Right. He's a guy who's a father, a husband, a chef, and he happens to have one leg. Right. Or Yehuda Blonder, right? You're Yehuda who happens to have a medical condition. Right. You, Yehuda Gelman, who happens to have, he's Yehuda, he has a he's a husband, he has a wife, right. has children, and he has a job, and he happens to have a, a medical condition. Right. You interviewed David Eggert in the past. David Eggert and I were, were, were next door neighbors. I took, I took my first steps in his house, right? He's David, okay. happens to be a chaplain, right? David, right. David Gabe first, a father, a husband, and he happens to be a singer. Right. So that's my my motto in life is that your challenge can never define you because once right. it does, once it does, you're toast. Right. A hundred percent. It does. I, get I, didn't, I I didn't mean I didn't mean the fanfare because Yossi, you have a medical medical condition. It's I, what I meant was that your wife doesn't like the fanfare because you're the amount of money that you fundraise for bike for high. And high life on over the years, it's it's giving you the fanfare of okay. How do how did Yossi Rapper fundraise over I don't know thirty thousand dollars or more? That that was the fanfare. Nainara, this is my eighth year. It's very difficult the fundraising because Nainara, everybody's fundraising for something else. Yeah. We're all fundraising for, for, I'm sure, amazing causes. But Kanainara, over the last seven years, I raised over $200,000. But, um, but, the, but the way I do it is because the way I live life. Right. I push and I push and I ask everybody. I, do, I, do not, I, I try not to be a pain in the neck fundraiser. I just start from the beginning. I start in January when everybody is still sleeping and it's snowing outside and most guys are not even thinking about biking. On the way home from the registration party, I'm busy texting and emailing that I just wow. signed here, whatever year it was. And, and, I, and I go back, you're going to laugh, right here. Here's my spreadsheet of my, <laughs> my previous donations right here on my desk. And I go, wow. the way I fundraise is because till you ask, it's like you got a definite no. Right. In life, till you try something, till I tried to climb at Washington, I was de it's definitely I can't. Till I... Right. Till I went out on my first date, I never thought I would. Till I got right. married, till I have children, can I know? So fundraising is the same stubborn personality that I have. Is that I'm using it to a benefit that I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. And believe me, days get challenging. Okay, a hundred percent. You know, my kids are Kanainara, You know, Lebedic, and you know, not the most. You, they're good kids, but they make you know a little trouble in school, and I'm getting the phone calls and getting getting the, you know, assignments that have to get signed by Tati and Mommy. So it does get a little hard, but um, I push and I, and I fundraise very hard. And again, the reason why my wife doesn't like it is because she treats me 
like another a regular human being so like right what's so cool about it he's just doing what what he's supposed to do right and and you know i don't have to go into detail of what my wife's background is but like on my first date my wife asked me straight out why i agreed to date her based on you know i'm from from birth again i mentioned i grew up in lakewood downing and bmg and i'm and my father's a rebbe in a local cater for almost 40 years and now i'm going with you know a single a daughter of a single mother about the right. and and like what what what's the what's the shaykhs? and i and i remember answering straight up i don't care about your history i don't care what happened from here on in what do you want to be and that's it right and and she was very happy with the answer again because she agreed to date me a second time right and, <laughs> and i was nervous because the first time first some first thing someone sees is the outside the cutaneous right right when 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 i walk into a room so oh there's the guy who walks funny you know right so i was nervous like i'm gonna meet somebody and like oh the guy walks funny forget about it i'm not interested right Right. that my wife gave me a second date that means that her outlook in life is is not the typical either because she's looking she's willing to look past me past right so so come to my second date i remember asking her the same question because my rb always told us that when you go out on a date, you're supposed to, you know, listen to what the girl's actually talking about. Right. On the second date, bring up a conversation that you had on the first one. Right. So I'm right. saying, okay, so last time you asked me why I agreed to date you. Now I'm going to ask you the same question. Why do you did, why do you agree to date me? She's like, what are you right. talking about? I said, well, a guy like this. So she says, I'm dating Yossi Rothberg. I'm not dating the limp. Wow. So right then and there, I knew this is a different, different mold, or a different frequency. So I was very, 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 very lucky. So my wife doesn't treat me like anybody else different. She understands that things are challenging and she does work a little harder, more than a little harder than, than most mothers and and wives. But, you know, we, I think we complement each other. You definitely complement each other. We will be right back. After words from our sponsor. Paraflight. Better care in the air. When you need urgent medical attention or transport, you deserve peace of mind. Based on the East Coast, Paraflight is a full-service medical transport company dedicated to providing dependable, compassionate, and customized care and service to patients and medical teams worldwide. Founded by emergency medical professionals, we understand the sensitive, critical needs of medical teams, patients, and their families. We transport patients and teams from tertiary care facilities, hospital to hospital, or any other destination across the United States and beyond. Our team never compromises on safety or quality of care, following a patient-first, not-profit-driven model of care. This ensures you get the exact customized medical transport solution you need. Check us out online at www.paraflight.aero. Call us today, 844-538-1911, or send an email to info at paraflight.aero. And we are back on the Unique Perspective show. Um, but how did you get involved with Bike for High? We could schmooze for hours, Yehuda. So, again, so I mentioned... Just a quick snippet. 
So I, again, I mentioned that, you know, on a previous um, episode of um, the unique perspective, you met, you interviewed David Eggert. Right. Now it goes by Captain, Chaplain, whatever fancy terminology. Chaplain, Chaplain David Eggert. Yeah. So Chaplain David Eggert's parents and okay. my parents, we, we shared a wall. We were next door neighbors in a complex in Lakewood. Okay. And I could name you all, I think, 12 children of the Eggert family by name and order of age. Wow. That's how close we are. Lave Eggert, you remember Lave, who I write? He just had, his birthday was on Friday. Right. So Lave is a younger brother. David's older than me. David is, happens to be a twin also. Right. Um, David, at a, at a time, there, were, there was David, Yitzi, and Lave, and Shalom. There were four Eggert brothers that I'm um, riding for Bike for High. Okay. So as we all know, David Eggert was the founder of Bike for High. He was one cook who had this idea that he had to get his bike to camp. He was a, cr- he was a crazy nuts. dude back then. Yeah. He still is nuts. I know, but... But you, but, need, th- but, but you need a nutcase like him to have a positive idea to get Correct. to camp. And I remember him coming to my... We were so, again, we were next to neighbors, but they moved away to another de- um, development, but we were we remained close for, forever. And um, I remember him coming to my father and asking for a sponsorship for his first bike ride. And right. I, I remember... I don't remember the number that I gave him, but I gave him uh, a sponsorship for his first ride. And then, you know, it, it picked up. So how did I get involved? I always thought it was nice, you know, when someone uses their talent or skill to help somebody else. Right. Like, I, I volunteered for Makimi for a period of time. I volunteered for Misamech for a period of time because I had a car when I was young and I played keyboard. So, you know, right. I received, there was no Bikr when we were kids. There was no Chai Lifeline when we were kids or just starting. So, like, I'm so happy to give back to the community when I see a kid suffering or, you know, it just, it's more of a selfish thing than right. the patient feel better. So, you know, so I always was motivated. What I thought bike Rukhai is crazy. Like, why should we pay money? Why should we sponsor money for bike Rukhai? Because the guy wants to ride his bike. But, right. you know, I, I still remember, but it, it tur- you turn everything, you know, into a, into a Dabaruchni, into a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, watching back for Chai and, and all the YouTube videos. And, and I remember sitting exactly where I was. I was sitting on the stoop outside my apartment with my wife. And I said, I wish I could do this in 2015. And she's like, so go do it. See, that's again, that's, she didn't, so what's the big deal? You're, so you're, right. no, you're no different than anybody else. So go get a bike and go. Right. So I remember... I'm like, really? She said, yeah. I'm like, you know, it takes a lot of tra- training and time. She says, no, it's good physical therapy for you. It's great. Go do it. So I remember okay. going to work and I remember talking to a client, Yoshua Bratsky. Um, okay. Bratsky was his, Yoel Margulies' brother-in-law. Okay. So I remember asking him if he thinks I could do bike for high. Okay. And until today, he tells me it was the biggest lie he ever said. He what said, did he say? He said, yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Um, he's like, well, I don't want to make you feel bad and say no. So I said, yeah, because when you want something done, you tell Yassi he can't. Right. <laughs> now Washington, I'll do it. Tell me I can't do 20 push-ups, I'll do it. Do you remember right. the, plank? the planks? The planks. Yeah. So I, for Hanukkah, the first night Hanukkah, I did one plank, and by the end of Hanukkah, I was doing eight-minute plank. Are you crazy? <laughs> I thought I was nuts, but that's 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 how I make a not confident. wow. Make you know. I challenge myself, you know, I'm the, my biggest competitor is myself, you know? Right. So, so I remember asking Josh Bratsky if I could do bike for high and he says, nah, I think so. So 
So I remember, you know, going with him to my to a local bike shop in in October. We went. Wow. Because October they they they're it's a dead season. So I got my first bike um on a good in a good deal. And it actually was a woman's bike because the the bar is low right. down. So my knee has, you know, clearance. And the first year I did bike for Chai was in in um 2016 and i actually did my first day was with david eggert wow and this was be- this was before uh the night riders team came to be right well jj was always is and will always be an icon right. like for right. you know i know right. his life changed with his work and i know he he's not so vocal anymore but he was an icon he was the only no i i 100 percent. but but it, it wasn't a full-fledged team no, when no, I had nobody. I in 2016. I, so I can I ride. You know, I wish I had my bike in the back so I can show you. But I ride a bike from far. It looks like a regular bike, right? Two wheeler, standing up. It's built for me. But in the beginning, I didn't have that. I had right. a regular bike. I didn't have any crew. I didn't have any fine burn hack. No PK. No Tully Weiss. No mod. No one. Right. Nothing. And David Eggert rode with me, and we did, we did I don't know, 20 miles the first day. Wow. I pulled it quits. Okay. And second day, I remember waking up crying. I'm a very emotional person, and I said to my wife, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm sore like a beast. I'm not doing it. I can't. And she says to me, this, you trained so hard. You can't. You can't. Yeah. I got out of there. I got out, and I didn't have, I didn't want to, David Eggert disappeared. And he's, <laughs> so I call my riding with and that's how I met Lee. Right. I know Lee Eggert before he was born, but I haven't seen him in years. Okay. Whatever. I grew up <laughs> in the Eggert family. You know what? I knew him. I knew him since he since he since he was a baby, and I haven't seen right. him in years. And and he's like, "Hi, I'm Lee." I'm like, "Great. I haven't seen you in 20 years." He's like, "Let's ride together." And we ended up doing 30 miles on day two. He wow. pushed me beyond beyond words, and we and that was my first year. Um, the second year, um, I rode with Josh Brodsky, the wow. guy who told the biggest lie. He's <laughs> done bike for Chai so many times, and he said slowing down and riding with Yassi is it, it changes the the perspective. It makes it right. a unique perspective of bike for Chai. Right. Most 100%. people are, are are you know I'm part of Team Lakewood for fundraising, right? Right. Lakewood are a bunch of heavy hitter bike riders. They can bike 25 miles an hour. I'm averaging right. 12. So do I bike with them? No. Do I fundraise with them? Right. Yeah. I mean, I fundraise by myself and I'm part of a, a community of, of heavy hitter fundraisers. Right. But do I ride with them? No. So they cannot ask them to, to ride with me. They will never ride with me. They will never ride with you. Not because they're schultzy, maybe a little bit, but it, it's too slow. It's very, right. it's very hard for them. So, the second year I had Josh Brodsky, he said it, it slowed him down and he really enjoyed it. You know, watching somebody work harder and, and, and I don't remember, don't, don't ask me. It's been so long. I don't remember how many miles I did the second year, but then, how many miles did he do the second year? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. The so third, I, the I remember last year. I, I, I didn't bike so last year. Right. So the third year I met Matthias Glatzer. Right. Fourth year I met Tully Weiss and you know, and then I met David and then Chaim Bernhack joined because I used to, I worked with Chaim. Right. And my boss never let us both take off, you know? So 
he always trained with me. He's the biggest sadic in the world because he's an athlete and he slows tomorrow. I'm busy texting with him now that we're going to go on a bike ride tomorrow. Wow. He never joined me because he couldn't take off from work also. But then almost three years ago, I left that company where I was working and now Chaim was able to join. So right. to go, Chaim Bernheck joined. And again, you were, you were about to say last year, we, we did something monumental. What was last year? So last year was 2022. Yeah. Um, so since COVID, they, they turned it into a, a, a one-day event. event. And last year, they brought back the two-day event, right? It was semi-two-day. Right. So... The first day was like a circle ride. You ride, you know, 50 miles and you come back to the same. Right. And I said, what do I need to do that for? Right. The day was you ride from the hotel to the camp. Right. right. So I said, I want to do that. I want to start by point A, get to point B. And, and that will be, I don't care if it's 25 miles. I don't care if it's 10 miles. Completing a ride is more important for me than going in a circle and coming back to day. Right. So we, we rode for like five, six miles on the first first day and my current boss you know who i work the company that i work for right. does bike for guys so we went out with him we got we got some pictures and it's it was nice just hanging out with my boss you know on a right. bike and then we came back and then you know um the second day which was i think the- you did i think you did a big massive ride in the second day and 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 i'll tell you and i'll be really honest with you i was in the car with pk last year and you, in the right in the beginning, you had a little bit of an accident. Yeah, and, well, we left. And, and we were nervous wrecks. Like, okay, Yassi's not going to be able to bike. Also, because your, your wife was not with you. She was at the first, she was either still at... Still sleeping, like, because we left, we left an hour before everybody else. We didn't... Right, so... Her. So she, she was still at back at the hotel. She didn't know what was what was going on with you. You fell. You, but, I, more, I, sure. I fell. I so we left. We left six forty-five in the morning. It was still cold. I remember wearing long pants and yeah, you know it was freezing. And at mile three, I'm not going to go into the details, but I think it was a you know a lack of planning on on everybody's right. And then I sort of got into a little bit of an accident and. Uh, I mean, yeah, so mile so, mile three, I crashed. It took a little bit of time, but we got back right. up. First thing I asked Chaim was, how's my bike? Everyone thought, right. why are you worrying about your bike? I'm like, because I worked so hard to get here. I cannot stop at mile three. So um, we got back up. Our, our original plan was to complete the 85 miles. There were three routes on Bike for Chaim last year, 65, right. 5, and 100. And I knew 100 was too much because of right. and 65, you know, I don't want to, I want to, you know, go for the middle. I wanted to finish the 85. And because of the accident, I think we were late and I was shaken up and I, I didn't want to, comp- I didn't want to continue. Right. I'm scared. I have my helmet. I have it still. <laughs> um, thank God. Baruch Hashem. Thank I, have Hashem. Right, I have it right here. It, I didn't realize how banged up it was. And, um, we put it back on, and I finished the entire sixty-five mile ride. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was monumental. I was in the car the whole time with with PK and and Matis Glatter. Shout out! It, it, you 
you you're an amazing person, Matis. And my, team, my whole team is this your whole team. But but really, really, it's a whole bike for high night rider team that is is out of this out of this world, amazing people. You know, we're all different, unique people in in the ways of Yiddishkeit. Even you put right and, and you and, and we're, we all have and Tully and David and Chaim and Matis to name a few, and then you have Scott. Right. You have. You have every you have one Litvak, one Chassid, one modern modern guy, one I don't know who you have that's the beautiful challenge. That's that's that's, of, that's of the, the most amazing part of it. But yeah, sixty-five miles, that was a that was a monumental. What are you planning on doing this year? How many miles are you planning on doing this year? So I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question because again, the fundraising the world changed, you know, right. Kanaynahara becomes a fundraiser for their kids school and everybody, they're moving to a new community. So they need to help build a show. And yes, yes, he dropped the news, drop the news, drop the news on the show, drop the news on the show. And I'm retiring. Yeah. I, I can't do that because it's my source of physical therapy. So, okay. um, I did contemplate a few times, like I'm done. I, my oldest Kanaynahara is 10. Then I have oh. a 10-year-old boy. Then I have a 9-year-old daughter. I have a 6-year-old daughter and a 3-year-old daughter. A 3-year-old son, sorry. I have, can I know yeah. most, most people who do bike for Chai? And again, I don't want this, like I said, our, my disability doesn't define me. Right. I don't want me to be known as a cyclist. I'm yes, right. husband who works and has friends who happens to ride his bike when he has time. Right. So... Last year, we were very goal-oriented about finishing the six, the 85 or completing the right. from, from hotel to camp. Simple. This, right. First of all, my life has been very busy with the children. And, and yes, I do have time. And my, and my wife's going to get upset when I say that, that, it, that my life is busier. It's not really because my wife knows and respects me and knows that, that I need to train. Right. But my my team in in Lakewood, who I train with, their life changed. You know, they right. have children, their job responsibilities, and I don't think it's not safe for me to train by myself. So so I train inside the house. I ride inside the house by myself. But I haven't gone much outdoors this season because my crew, you know, changed. So right. how much am I going to do this year? I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. And my whole outlook this year changed. My whole outlook this year is I've done Bike for Chai Kanaynahara so many times and I've raised so much money and I, my, my Kayach Kanaynahara is there. And again, with the fundraising, it's difficult. This year, I'm uh, a month before the ride, I'm, I'm barely scratching $15,000. I know it sounds a lot to you. It does. It is. It is a lot. But it, 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 it definitely is a lot. And I'll, and I'll be really honest. I, I only have a, a crazy amount is because I got one crazy donation from one person. You're right, but I I, I work but, at but, I work and at and home. that person I didn't even send the link to. I I I literally didn't send the, the link to the guy. He out of the blue he just sent a crazy donation to for me. But um, it's very very hard fundraising, and I I've been saying for. Last year, I was gonna say I was gonna bike last year. I said last year that that last year was gonna be my last year. Oh, uh, you say that every year. Yeah, but, th 
I still no, feel let's, let's not talk about the first year you did bike for Chai. I was scared for your for your life, man. This this year is my actual final year. My goal is to do as many miles I'm, as I'm able to do, and then pick pick my bike up and hang it up as a retired cyclist because I don't have the time anymore. I I I haven't trained this year at all. Right. It's it's very hard. I don't train. I I'm gonna hang it up. I'm gonna hang up my jerseys. I'm gonna hang up my my bike. Oh, so I, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you. Maybe 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 hang up some jerseys. You know, you don't. My camera's not facing the right way, but I have the whole wall is bike for high paraphernalia. And Barakasan, this past year, I was able to be. I was brought to Greece in November to to represent another organization that helps, you know, Israeli amputees. And I went to Greece with my bike. That was a dream. So I have- Let's talk about that for a minute. For a minute. Right, so because I have a wall. So first of all, you can hang up your jerseys. You can hang up your pictures, but never hang up your bike. Because, Why? Because forget Bike for Chai. Bike for Chai is a beautiful, you know, way right. of getting people to exercise. But I, I, don't, I don't mean hanging up my bike for good. I don't mean it like that. I mean, just- Putting my bike for high. Right. So, stuff. so you asked me stuff. how. Right. So you asked me how many miles I'm gonna do this year. Yeah. Because, you know, I said I want to say most people who do bike for high are either young, right, middle aged, or middle aged, where their children don't need that much, you know, assistance or supervision, so they have more right. People with my life, you know, in my stage of 35, kind of are with a family with a young family. Is a lot to juggle, you know. I, uh, I and I'll be, and then then on Sunday, you know, I'm Baruch Hashem, the guy just what's what's at me back that we're going eight thirty sharp in the morning. I'll be done by ten, so right. great. I'll still have the whole day, but this we're pushing in a run. Usually, if he was more flexible, we'd ride till twelve one o'clock, and then by the time right. I come home, it's two o'clock, and by the time I get out of the shower, it's three o'clock, and I'm tired and I'm hungry, and then there goes my Sunday. Right. So, so uh, I do plan on, I do plan on doing as much as I can. The fundraising, it's not as hot this year. Last year I raised $40,000. Are you going to at least get to 18? Um, I hope so. Based on my, um, projections, my my history, because I'm currently at 15. Um, um, there's one big donation that I didn't get yet or two, two or three that I didn't get. I should hit 20,000. Wow. And that's that's my average, you know. Um, the first year I could look it up right now, but it doesn't matter. But right, you know, Kanai Nahara. I my mother always told me if you take two hundred thousand single one dollar bills and put them out on your dining table, you'll realize how much um, money you actually raised for a beautiful organization. And I remember right. another message I wanted to say that I remember the first year I came to Bike for Chai and I cried mm-hmm. my brains off, and I remember. Saying Hashem, thank you. I'm wearing sunglasses because then they don't see that I'm crying. And the next year I said I'm not going to cry. And the third year I said I'm not going to cry. Every year I cried. You know why? Because I could have been one of those kids on the other side of the barrier, right? Bring on the riders, and this way I'm on the other side. It's a simple right. barrier, but it, again, my my Matt Washington taught me something about life, and my bike taught me about life. Never hang up your bike because <laughs> the bike. Yes, the bike makes you a physical, able-bodied person. 
right give up that 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 ability that we have so the fact that Hashem made me a little different and I have the kind to, to inspire people I think it's silly that they're getting inspired by me but right that I have that capability means I wanted to stop in 2019 okay I got into an accident then also I ended up in the hospital with a heart heart situation in 2019 wow. I thought I was done and my rub told me I can't stop right he says, you turn the Dover Gashmi into a Dover Rukhni. You turn something wow. earthly into a heavenly thing. You can't stop. People are More people are going to be upset at you for stopping for then continuing. Wow. We will be right back after words from our sponsor. Is your computer running slower than molasses? Are you desperate to salvage important data from your hard drive? Let's face it. IT work can be a nightmare at times. Whether it entails virus removal, server or network setup, networking and cloud backup, or simple laptop and desktop ongoing IT support. At VentureTech, we understand how essential your systems are to your daily life, and we take the time to accurately diagnose every technical issue you're experiencing. Call us now for a consultation by dialing 347-603-0033 or shoot us an email to info at VentureTechComputers.com. And we are back on the Unique Perspective show. So I was gonna, I was going to say, the, the last couple of years, I, I never really worked. But Baruch Hashem, now I, I work. I, I don't have the time to train. I really don't. I'm working every single day. So, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, my plan is to go up to Bike for Chai, bring my bike, do as many miles as I'm able to do with Nisano Gold. And then and, hang out with PK. And the Hebra. And then hang out in the car with PK the rest of the day. And bust Yossi's chops. Okay, good. What? And bust Yossi's chops. Yeah. And, and, and listen to all the jokes on, that we get. No, no, no. It's, it's the chizuk that, you know, people always say that, you know, that I'm giving chizuk to them for doing Bike for Chai. It's not true. It's really, I get the chizuk. I get the the gasoline in my tank to continue going forward. The fact that people support me and the pack, the fact that they look up to me gives me the chizuk to go forward. And then, now we're going to bounce to my November trip. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that, how did, how did that come to be? And how was the experience with the next ride? So I work for a company called Apex Global. Okay. Ran by Hetsy Stern, Nathan Stern. Um, I I actually know Hetty Stern very well. So okay. it's it's Yaimon Velayla day and night from my old job to my new job. Um, basically, the bike for guys, you know, helps kids with Yenamachla and other diseases. This or right. doesn't inter you know interfere. It's a total different. It, they they help you know Israelis with who need amputee um who need prosthetics and and. Right. And they have a ride, and it started off in Eretz and based, and it was like a week long event. It's very different than Bike for Chai. Bike for Chai is a one two day event, right? Local, and the fundraising is much less. But this event was like a week long pampering, and it's like a high, like a literally a, a ten star event, and it was way wow. way beyond my league. No, I'm not. I I cannot take off a week. I have children. Right. Fundraise again. I cannot do. Uh, no, I can't. Okay. And 
because of COVID, they, Arthur was locked down a lot longer than everybody else. So right. they started going to different countries. You know, they went to Dubai. Um, I don't know if you right. follow it a little bit, but they I went, do. They went yeah. to Dubai. Um, they went to Morocco. And last year they went to Greece. Okay. So there was, there's a guy in Lakewood who's very involved in, in the next ride by his name is Stromayer Berkowitz, Berkowitz of Berkowitz, okay. the electrician, the big electrician in Lakewood Berkowitz. Okay. So he is always trying to recruit me to come and telling me it's a different vibe and it's more you're meeting with the with the amputees and you get a and it's a whole week long and you go on trips and I'm like it's very nice but not for me you know I'm not going. Right. And last year in September, my boss Hetty Stern co-hosted a parlor meeting at Israel Mayor Berkowitz's home in Lakewood. Okay. So. And A.B. Rottenberg was there and Ruby Schwabel and, and Benny Friedman. And that's the vibe of music that I right. So my boss texted me saying that I should come just to chill. Okay. And not even, no, it wasn't my boss. It was Yisrael Berkowitz. Berkowitz, the host. <laughs> the host says, come, chill. Have, you know, don't even bring your checkbook. Just come and have a good time. Okay. Come to the parliament. And I'm sitting there smoozing with my friends, listening to A.B. Rottenberg. And I see my boss, you know, in the corner. And I, I walk over to him and I say, hello, just to be a mensch. Shalom Aleichem. Right. I said, how are you? And he says, Shalom Aleichem, thanks for coming. And he says, go and enjoy. And then the guy who, it all happened by chance. I mean, everything is, 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 is from Hashem. But, you know, um, the guy talking to Hetzi Stern says, Yassi, when are you joining us at the next ride? I said, I'm out. I cannot fundraise for another event. I don't have my, <laughs> I don't have my night riders. I don't. Right. I'm going to a foreign country. I'm going to ride with nobody. I can't do that. It's not safe. And I don't have a babysitter. Right. I can't take off. And I looked at my boss and I winked and I said I can't take off for a week. Okay. So he looks at me, Nathan Stern, Hetsy Stern. Yeah. He says, "You want to come?" I said, "I oh, again, I would love to, but I can't." He says, "For the fundraising, I can help you with." For the bike riding, who said you need a ride? <laughs> right? Who said you need a ride? With a baby, yeah. I can't help you with. But the job, I definitely, I'm the boss. Right. I give you 24 hours to find the babysitter. Wow. I, Hetsy, Hetsy, if you're listening to this, thank you, Hetsy Stern, for letting Yossi Robert go to Greece for a week. He wasn't letting me go. He, you'll hear he, him. He, for letting... For pushing Yossi Robert to go to Greece. No, he, I didn't go. Hetsy Stern brought my wife and I. Wow. To, okay. So I went running home. I remember my muscles were shaking and I come <laughs> home. And everyone's like, where are you? When I was leaving the parliament meeting, everyone's like, you just came. I'm like, I got a job. I got a work to do. I got a fundraiser babysitter. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I come, run, I come running home. I knock on the door and I tell my wife, you want to go to Greece? She's like, yeah, what's going on? I'm like, we got to find a babysitter. And, <laughs> long story short, and we have 24 hours. Right. And then I called Nassano Gold's brother, Jack. And I'm yeah. like, I should come. And I'm like, I don't know about, he was going, he joined the, the next ride this past year. Right. I can't bike. He's like, yes, he, well, let's go figure out the, let's figure out logistics and well, let's get you there and we'll figure it out. Okay. So, um, you know, so like 
just again how people are looking for ways to support me in my mm-hmm. mission on this world and that makes that's such a source of chizuk again who you who you hang out with and who's your friend and who's your chevra so you know Nathan Stern did not have to do that right I called my mom my father and I said my father's an alto litvak he learned in the mirror and I'm like, I asked him, I'm like, should I go to Greece? Like, what random country in the world? Why? He's like, your boss is offering you a trip. You go. Right. 100%. And long story short, my, my in-laws moved into the house and watched the kids for a week. And wow. we had a blast. Not only did my boss take us to Greece, he hired a car to come pick me up. So a nice black suburban shows up at the house, fully tinted takes all my suitcases, put my bikes in the car, drives me to Nathan Stern's house. We, we, I was treated like, 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 like a, a Gold. Mil- like a millionaire for a week. Okay. Wow. So again, not, no one had to, you succeed based on the people that you're around. If you're right. around negative people, then you're going to be a negative person. If you're going to be around giving people like my boss, Nathan Stern, my wife, the, the night writers, if this is one message I could pass out to your listeners, just 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 hang out with good people, and then exactly. you'll be successful. You know, wow. um, we went to Greece, and 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 Did- I, I had a time of my life. I rode my bike mm-hmm. all of one hour with. Uh, I was just going to ask you: Did you end up biking in Greece? I biked for an hour. It was stunning. It was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It was like I was. It was a month before Hanukkah. I didn't have to. I didn't have to fundraise a thing. My boss right. made a whole music, a whole video. That 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 video was amazing, by the way. That that I had to do that a promotional video, and he sent it out. Mm-hmm. We raised a hundred thousand dollars in a month. Wow! You know, he never does this. He's a very sneeze and low. He's key. very he's very low key person. His fam, by the way, his family, his parents. They're, his entire family. I know. Uh, I know the Stearns. They're very low key people. Yeah, they, they joined us for Shabbos, and they were like, they were they treated me like their grandson. Like we were sitting at our own table by the Shabbos meal, and I remember Nate Hetsy's parents. His mother comes over to me and says, "Yossi, come sit with us." Like I was one of them. She's a very sweet lady. She's a very sweet lady. And then we come home. We come home. Where we got our mama on the plane coming home. And I get a text message from Mrs. Stern. What do you want from Glopite for on the way home? Wow. See, like Mrs. Stern, uh, Mrs. Wife. Stern Senior. No, or Mrs. Stern's wife texts me. The driver. Wow. What's up? What do you want to eat? I'm like nothing. I'm fine. She's like, I didn't ask you if you're hungry. Um, what do, what you, do you want to eat? I, I know you're hungry. What do you want to eat? And I come to the car, and there's two schnitzel sandwiches with two drinks, one for me and my wife. Again, you didn't have to do this, but right. I'm with such caring people. It's it makes life so much easier to go through the challenges that you face with, knowing that you have a support group behind you. My parents, my siblings, my friends, my workmates. You know, everybody's looking to make a hundred thousand, twenty thousand dollars a year, but the manuchas and nefesh of working in a positive work environment changes your entire family i work in a normal place when i'm not up to coming into the office i can work from home nobody asks me nothing and right. i will forever be indebted for what nathan and hetsy and his wife did they didn't have to do it no. but that makes people 
like my, we, you know, in the beginning of a conversation, we schmoozed about my uncle, you know, those good people, you know, it's just simple. Hang out with good people. Some people are just made from different, different molds. That's. Um, no, it's people who chose to be good. Right. No, I'm saying, but they were made from different molds and they were made good people. Yeah. And that's why I I succeeded because. Right. You know, it's still, again, I said a daily challenge, but the fact that I have good parents, loving parents, loving in-laws, siblings, friends, that, that's, you got it. It's a toolkit, you know, you know, you're, you're in IT, the I, the, what's the, the, the foldable mini screwdriver set, right? Yeah. The I fix it. Right. The I fix it. Right. If you could yeah. get a knockoff one from eBay or you could right. get the I fix it one for $75. Right. What would you rather? I'd rather get the $75 one because I know it's much better. <laughs> so would you rather hang out with guys who are meh? Or no, for sure, a hundred percent. I fix it, camera. A hundred percent. They both do the same job. They both could fix a laptop. They both could fix a computer. But one is a pleasant experience, and one is not. Right. Hang out with good people. Yeah. So just, I want to end off with a couple of questions. The most influential person in your in your life that you would want to sit down for another for an hour. Living or dead. Both. Oh man, you got me speechless here. On a personal level, or like a Yiddishkeit. It doesn't matter. Personal Yiddishkeit doesn't matter. My grandmother. Okay. My mother's mother. My mother's parents. My mother's father is still alive. He was Rabbi mm-hmm. Yaakov, his Rabbi Yaakov Fuchter from the Olomenu fame. Okay. Okay, he ran the Olomenu for close to 50 years. His wife, my Bubby, was... Yeah. I chose on a non-living person because Baruch Hashem, my wife again, my father, my mother, my siblings, all the typical Baruch Hashem right. still here at my fingertips. You know, I could call right. them right now at a quarter to one in the morning and have the conversation of a lifetime. But like, my grandmother passed away by five years ago and I would pay anything to be back with her. I still have her on my speed dial on my phone. I used to call her every single day just to schmooze. She was very, very inspirational. I mean, in, in what's the word? She was inspiring. influential. She suffered. She wasn't a well person, but she was always happy. And I remember calling her on the first bike for Chai that I ever did the night before bike for Chai. She was much crying. She was just so proud. And she was someone who, who was one of my, my real fans. She was a real fan of mine. And whenever, wow. I, whenever I was down, whenever I was, had a kind of question with my kids, Bobby just had the right answer. And it, it would, I would pay anything to, 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 to see her again. Wow. It's going to sound stupid, but the best advice that you were given and the worst advice. Okay, so let's focus on the negative first. Okay. When I was going through surgeries, I remember, I'm not going to say who it was, said, Baruch Shem, you have legs. Be happy you have legs. Okay. I have, I have, he said, I know someone who doesn't have a leg. You know, you have a leg. So, JJ, I'm going to call you out. Your aesthetic sometimes works better than my real leg. 
Right. You know, you don't tell that to a seven year, a, a, a seventh grader, to a 12 year old who's going through hip surgery, who's, who's in pain, who's lacking the social life of his friends. Be happy you have legs. Right. Give, give him a hug. You know, a few, a few years ago, I, I was able to meet a young girl who has CP totally by accident. Um, another fundraiser, her father sends me a text, a text message asking for a donation for her do- his special needs daughter's basketball team. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't have his number. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I think I could give you a little, you know, like we should meet. And I ended up come meeting them. And I asked this the first time I met them, I saw the father and I said, I know this is going to sound awkward, but I, can I give your daughter a hug? Because that's what they need. They need love and they need to realize that people are going to be there for them. Don't say anything. It's like when you're going to a shiva house. Just keep your mouth shut. When, someone, right. when someone's suffering, they don't need to hear anything. They just want to see that you're there for them. Wow. And the best advice? That's a very hard thing to, 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 to answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a slogan that I took upon myself. I was, right. in, I was in Marshalls, and I saw a little, like one of these things that you hang on the wall. Anything is possible if you have the courage to make it happen. Wow. So I have that hanging in my kitchen because when things get tough, you know, if you want to get something done, you will. Because right. fearless means you're, you're crazy. You know, fearless to go into battle or go on to into Iraq and Iran and not be afraid of the terrorists, then you're nuts. Right. Courageous is, is, is knowing the fear, having the fear, and doing it anyway. Wow. So I was afraid to, to go into the Shidduch world. I was afraid to ride my bike on Bike for Chai, especially after my accidents. I was afraid to wake up and be a father of four children. I am afraid of waking up and being a husband and a father almost every single day. Right. But get up and do it anyway. Wow. Wow. Well, Yasi, had we have enough time, we would have gone back about the entire Lakewood, but we don't have time anymore. It's one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and I have to go for a bike ride tomorrow. So, so, um, but wow, this was a real treat. Thank you so much for letting me interview you. You, I know you, I know you don't like when people say it, but you are really a, a true inspiration to all of us whether it's bike for high work or just being a family, a father, wife, husband, father, you, you are a true inspiration. I and just keep up the great work because that you do and, and just keep it up. Thank you. Because at this point in my life, I'm not a big interview person. I don't like the fan. I don't like the spotlight. I'm a very social person, but I don't like solos and I don't like being, like and this. thank you for letting me. I don't like it, but at this point in my life, if one person could get chizuk, if one parent of one special needs, you know, child sees this or hears this and says, if Yossi can do it, I'll push another day, then it was all could die. Right. Anyway, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your night. And go, go biking in the morning. Yes, sir. Yehuda, thank you again for having me. And it was a pleasure. 
to finally, you know, sit down and do this. Yes. And uh, I wish you much atzlacha and your unique perspective should become the worldly perspective. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. You have just listened to the latest episode of the Unique Perspective Show, broadcasted live on Hako Radio, powered by the Munson Mavasar. The Unique Perspective Show is hosted by Yehuda Blonder, who can be contacted through Hako Radio by sending an email to info at hakoradio.com. This show and many others can be found in the Hako Radio archive system on our website and mobile apps, and can also be found on all major podcasting services.